Thank you, Gordon and Barbara, for our music this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us on live stream this morning. We're in Psalm 16, message number four. We read this text a few minutes ago. In verses five and six will be our text for this morning. In this passage, verses five and six, uh, David and the Lord also are speaking of having a good inheritance and sometimes translated heritage, uh, actually from the same word, but uh, we can mean either thing by it. Sometimes we think of heritage more as looking backwards, right? It's what we have been given uh, from our forebears, and inheritance more looking forward as to what has been left for us that we will get someday. Well, the one takeaway that we have from this passage is in the first phrase of verse 5, you, O Lord, are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. God is our inheritance. He is the one who gave us a heritage. He is the one that gives us a future, and our inheritance belongs to him. We kind of know these words from uh, various things that we go through in this life. Right now, uh, my siblings, I'm, I'm one of four siblings, three boys and one girl, and uh, we are uh, remembering our grandparents, and uh, we are buying those bricks that you put in the war memorial here in Kansas City, in the World War I uh, memorial. You can buy a brick for your uh, World War I veteran and put it in the sidewalk there. And so we're in the process of doing one for both of our grandfathers, uh, who both were World War I veterans. So uh, my name is, is Rick Condren Schrader because Condren is my grandfather on my mother's side, Sam Condren, who was a machine gunner in the trenches of France in World War I, came back with a Purple Heart and so forth. And my grandpa Doc Schrader, uh, Clay Schrader, was a, uh, he was a dentist. I always called him Grandpa Doc because he was, he was a dentist, but he was in the medical corps in World War I. So we're working on getting their, their bricks, uh, you know, there so that our grandkids will walk over those someday and we'll show them those bricks and their great, great grandfather uh, has the same name that they have and uh, they're in the sidewalk. So our family, uh, things that we do, often reminds us of uh, these words, inheritance and heritage, so that we put them in, in proper perspective. Now, I don't know, I didn't get much inheritance from all of uh, my, my uh, forebears, uh, other than, uh, you know, just uh, uh, some good thoughts and memories and uh, a godly life, and that's uh, heritage enough, isn't it? Well, you have a heritage also, a spiritual heritage. Are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, if you are, then uh, you have a heritage. Someone told you about the gospel. Someone preached it or explained it or witnessed to you, or somehow it might have been your mother or your father. Uh, might have been a Sunday school teacher, a preacher, uh, or whoever, and uh, they told you about salvation so that you accepted Christ as your Savior. That's your heritage, your spiritual heritage. And someone told them about the gospel. And so you kind of have grandparents in the ministry. And someone told them who told them who told them all the way back uh, to the 
uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when the gospel began to be preached, people began to be saved, and we have a spiritual heritage that goes on before us. And since uh, we will preach the gospel till Jesus comes, Paul said it once when he said, we believe, therefore we speak. And if we believe in the Lord Jesus, we'll keep speaking about the Lord Jesus, and we will do that till he comes. And so there's all of that inheritance ahead of us too, and then heaven itself, of course. And so uh, that inheritance, we have a lot. We have a great heritage. We have a great inheritance. Now, as we look at our text, verses 5 and 6, there are two verses here, but there are four statements in these two verses. And that's why when you look at your outline that you have on your bulletin or on the screen in front of you, you'll see these four things. Let me read these four statements to you again. You, O Lord, are the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. That's number one. Secondly, you maintain my lot. Thirdly, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. And fourthly, yes, I have a good inheritance. So let me back up and go through these four. The first one I call God is our inheritance, emphasis on the word is. So uh, you, O Lord, are the portion of my inheritance. Portion, the idea of portion means allotment. It's, it, it's like being granted uh, some land, for example, and to the Jewish mind, that's mostly what this meant. You're, you have an allotment, you have an inheritance, and uh, you have a cup that's been handed to you. What's interesting to me about that is that as uh, the Lord is uh, speaking here and David is uh, using the Lord's words, we know that the, the priests and the Levites of the Jews had no allotment, had no earthly inheritance. Let me go back to Numbers 18.20. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You, that is the Levites, of course, shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. And so in a very real way, the, the Levites, the priests of the Old Testament, could say, I have no inheritance, I have no portion in the land, but the Lord is my portion. He's my inheritance. Later in the book of Deuteronomy, it's reiterated. The priests, the Levites, Deuteronomy 18, 1 and 2, the priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of, of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat of the offerings of the Lord by the fire. Um, and... Uh, uh, his, and his inheritance. Therefore, they shall have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance as he hath said unto them. And so this wording from our verse, verse 5, kind of comes from that history of Israel. The, the priests knew that they had no uh, earthly inheritance. God was their inheritance. Now, why does he add of my cup? Well, the cup in the scripture can either be good or bad. Uh, it can be a good thing. For example, David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and what? My cup runs over. My cup runneth over, meaning you've just blessed me so much I can't contain it all. And yet a cup can be uh, a very negative thing too. Psalm 11 verse 6 
upon the wicked, he shall rain snares, fire, brimstone, and horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. And so when the the vengeance of the Lord comes out on someone, that's the cup that they have to bear. So is Jesus speaking these words to us? I have presented all along in these messages from this that uh, I think uh, it is right for us to see that uh, these may be the words of the Lord Jesus himself because we know, and I've said often, verses 9, 10, and 11, we know are the Lord's words. Paul tells us that and Peter tells us that in the New Testament, that Jesus was saying these words. And as many have pointed out, the whole psalm is in first person. Uh, I did this, uh, you are my portion, and so forth. And then uh, we must understand then that all of these would be the, Lord, the words of the Lord Jesus. But we also understand that David is using these words to apply to himself, and you and I can use these words to apply to ourselves also. So our application of them uh, is valid in the ways that we make these applications. So if Jesus was speaking, did Jesus have a cup to bear? Didn't he have a bitter cup? Uh, and yet the Lord was his, his portion. Not as, Lord, may this cup pass from me, but not as I will, but as thy will. Uh, you are my portion and my cup. He came unto his own, his own received him not. Uh, he, he made everything in this world, and yet uh, the world rejected him. That was his cup. And yet uh, the fact is that Jesus has a great inheritance coming to him, right? He prayed in John 17, 5, Now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory I had with you before the world was. I'm coming back to you, and I'm coming to my inheritance with you. You are my inheritance. So in a real way, we can see Jesus uh, saying these things also. I think it's interesting to remember that you and I are believer priests in the Lord Jesus, are we not? All of us uh, are priests before the Lord, and we are strangers and pilgrims then in this world, right? First uh, Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And so you have no place in this world as a believer either. You're just a stranger passing through. Uh, you don't drive your stakes too deeply into this world. You have a heavenly inheritance. Let me remind you of these. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. You may have a bitter cup in this life. Some believers are persecuted all their lives and even unto death. But where is their inheritance? Is it in this world? No, it's in the next world to come. Hebrews 13, 14, the writer says, We have here no continuing city, but we seek one to come. We don't have a home here. We don't have, as a matter of fact, the word stranger and the word pilgrim in the original language means without kin and without house or without a home. We have nothing in this world. We often say, don't we, that we're in the world and not of the world? 
How often are we remember, uh, reminded as believers not to drive our stakes too deep in this life? We have some things, and we thank God for what He gives us. And if He has blessed us, even materially, thank Him for it. But always remember, this isn't your inheritance. Your inheritance is with the Lord and in heaven. And though you may not have anything in this life, maybe poor as church mice in this, in this world, uh, you will have these glories in heaven when you get there. That is your real inheritance. So, God is our inheritance. He certainly is. He's your inheritance. He's mine. He was the Lord's inheritance. He was the Levite's inheritance. And He is our inheritance. Then, secondly, we're told also in verse 5, you maintain my lot. Now, the word lot usually has to do with uh, things that are given you. It's interesting that that word lot means stone because you remember the idea of casting lots? When you cast lots, you cast those stones that were marked in a certain way, and how they fell was your lot. And we don't understand at all how the Lord used even the casting of lots to display his will in Old Testament times, but he did, all the way up to where uh, Matthias was chosen in the book of Acts, the last time we see it, uh, by the casting of lots. And so you maintain my lot. You're the director of my destiny. You're the director of my will. A few places in the book of uh, Numbers, you have this idea of things that you get by lot. Numbers 33, 54 says, You shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. Therefore, everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot. So whatever falls to you is your lot from God, and God maintains your lot. There's an expression in the Old Testament about being the firstborn and having the birthright. We've been studying that on our Wednesday night Bible study uh, lately. You know, a firstborn child, a firstborn son, had the birthright of the family, which meant that eventually he would get a double portion of the inheritance. So when the oldest son uh, outlived his father. When the father passed away, the oldest son becomes uh, the supplier and provider of the family for his mother, if she's still alive, for the unmarried sisters, if they, don't, uh, if they haven't left home already. So he gets a double portion. His lot is to have a double portion uh, when he becomes the, the head of the home, so to speak. So that was kind of a... Uh, a, a habit, an inheritance in, in the Old Testament. Well, uh, we have also a lot given to us. I want you to consider David's situation. When David writes this and he uses this expression, you are the, uh, also, you maintain my lot, David had a lot given to him. It's called the Davidic Covenant. And uh, God said, I will give you a throne and a kingdom that will last forever. And David never had that in his lifetime. He did have a throne and a kingdom, but not an everlasting kingdom. But that is going to come someday. And so in that Davidic covenant, uh, he says, you maintain my lot. David could say this very specifically. I know 
uh, that when I die and when I'm resurrected, that I will be there and I will have everything that you've promised me. That's your covenant to me. Consider Daniel, for example. Do you remember a verse in the end of the book of, of Daniel? And I think, uh, I, I think this is important. I'm going to read it in the King James and the New King James. Now, now this is the la very last verse of the book of Daniel. Now, Daniel has, has given prophecies of all the wonderful things that are going to happen uh, in the future, right up until when Jesus Christ establishes his kingdom on the earth and all of those Jewish people are resurrected from the grave and they get to be in that, that kingdom that Jesus will establish. And so the very last verse of the book says this, King James Version, Go thy way until the end be, for thou, speaking to Daniel, shall rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. You know what that means? You will have a place, Daniel, in the kingdom. Your tribe, and you specifically, will have a place to stand in the everlasting kingdom when Jesus establishes it at his second coming. Listen to how the New King James puts it. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. In other words, specifically, you will be though you die, Daniel, you will be resurrected and you will get your inheritance at the end of the days. Daniel could go to his deathbed saying, Lord, you maintain my lot. You, you have promised and I believe that I will receive that lot someday in the kingdom of God. Well, that's a, that's a great promise when you think about it to David and to Daniel. What about you? What is your inheritance? What is your lot? 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, that is a living or resurrected hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. Then he says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You are kept by the power of God for your incorruptible inheritance that's coming to you. You could say, Lord, you maintain my lot. Not me, you maintain it. When we read verses like John 10, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No man is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And we say, do we not have eternal security? Don't you believe that once you are saved, you are always saved? And why? Because you, Lord, maintain my lot. I'm glad I don't have to maintain my lot. I'm glad I'm not the one who has to work at it to make sure the promises are good. I know that he maintains my lot. You know, I, I feel sorry for two kinds of people. <laughs> Number one, I feel sorry for lost people who have no idea and no guarantee of what, etern of what uh, eternity is going to bring them. 
how sad it must be to live in this life not knowing what's going to happen after you die. And when you don't know that, then I got news for you. It's not good news uh, after you die. But I also feel sorry for believers who don't have assurance of their salvation and don't have assurance that you can't lose it. I can't imagine being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and living thinking that I can lose this. If I do the wrong thing, if I live the wrong way, then I've lost my salvation. If my salvation is up to me, how can my fallen nature that I have maintain my lot? It can't. But I can say with the Lord, no man is able, including me, to pluck me out of God's hand. Thou maintainest my lot. You are the one that gives me eternal life. So God maintains our inheritance. Not only he is our inheritance, and we will go one day to see him, he maintains it. Thirdly, if you will, and we come to verse 6, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage or a good inheritance. And I say thirdly, God determines our inheritance. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. The lines, by the way, would be the cords that they measured the properties with. I can, I can remember when I was a kid that my dad wanted to buy some property to build a house on. And we lived out in the country, and the farmer up the road owned this land over there, some, some trees and so forth. And uh, he kept asking the farmer if he'd sell him some land, and uh, it didn't work, it didn't work. And then one day he said the farmer showed up about 5 a.m. at the front door, uh, and he had a, a big wad of cord under his arm. And he said, let's go measure it. <laughs> and he said that old farmer went to that land, and they marked off that property with that cord he had under his arm. Uh, and he said, this I'll sell it to you. Well, Dad bought it, and of course they had to have a survey done of it. And Dad said, you wouldn't believe how exact <laughs> that old farmer made that land once it was surveyed. Well, this idea of the lines kind of has that idea the measurement of the land. I, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. So I grew up on that, on that four acres that that farmer walked off for us that day. And I always say to myself, uh, that was a pleasant place. Have you ever had that feeling when you're somewhere that, and it's a beautiful place to be and you're just relaxing for a day or a few days and you say, isn't this wonderful? You're kind of saying, boy, the lines have fallen unto me, at least for today, in pleasant places. You, you're, uh, you, you know, someplace where you're looking out over the, the ocean or the sea, and you see God's beauty there, and you say, isn't this beautiful? Or you're up in the mountains and the snow-covered peaks, and you say, hasn't the lines fallen to me in pleasant places? Well, here the psalmist is saying, not only the Lord, but David also, God has measured off to me pleasant places. He maintains them, and I look forward to them. There's also this expression in the book of Numbers similar to what I read a minute ago. For we will not, and by the way, this, this is when they were going into the land, the, the two tribes of Reuben and Gad and a half tribe of Manasseh said, we would rather live on this side of the Jordan. If you, if you remember, uh, two and a half tribes uh, stayed on the east side, and they said, we like it here. 
Uh, the, you know, uh, Bashan and, and this whole area is beautiful. We, we want to stay right here. We, uh, we'll go in and help you fight, but we want to live over here. Here's how that's expressed. They said, we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side of the Jordan. It's fallen to us. This is a pleasant place. We love it and we enjoy it. And so you have that same expression there. Do you know one day Jesus himself will inherit the world and the earth? And that he has not done that yet? There's a usurper in charge and his name is Satan, Lucifer. And he is the God of this world. But one day it will all be given to Jesus. You remember Psalm 2 verse 8? Ask of me, God says to his son. I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. The Lord will have it one day. I remember when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and said, you know what, if you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And the Lord said, I'll have it, but I'll not have it that way. And I'll not have it by worshiping you. And the irony of it is that when Jesus reigns on the earth, it's Satan who will be chained and bound in a bottomless pit while Jesus inherits the whole earth. So the lines have fallen into him in pleasant places also. Consider, consider David's throne again that will be there forever. 2 Samuel 7, 16, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Again, David could go to his grave saying, uh, I have pleasant places ahead for me. And when I'm resurrected and I stand in that kingdom of God, I will have that kingdom that he promised and that throne that he promised uh, forever because that's God's covenant uh, to David. And what about us? Remember I, I mentioned to you the idea of the firstborn uh, and, and the double portion and so forth. Do you know that we are all in God's mind considered firstborn? Do you remember this expression in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are the church of the firstborn? Now, in a Jewish family, only the oldest son would be the firstborn. He would have the birthright. He would get the double portion, but the others would not. And here is the Lord saying to us, you're all firstborn as far as I'm concerned. You are all firstborn children to me. So Hebrews 12, says, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. And then he says, who are registered in heaven. The, the lines have fallen unto you in pleasant places. Your place is registered in heaven, and you are all church of the firstborn as far as I'm concerned. You'll all receive a double portion of inheritance. It's a wonderful promise when you think about it that that, that is coming to us. As a matter of fact, I was reading, uh, finishing the, the book of Revelation, and in chapter 21, remember the, the new Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband, and then the angel is commanded to go measure that city? So in Revelation 21, 14, now the wall of the city, that's this new Jerusalem, that's your heavenly home, has 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, 
and he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. To measure is the word for meter. As a matter of fact, it is the Greek word for meter. I'm going to uh, have your lines, your measurements, fall to you in pleasant places. Measure the city. Here's your home, church of the firstborn. Here's what you, where you will live forever. That is waiting for you. Your lines have fallen unto you in pleasant places. Uh, you're looking forward to that city and not a home on this earth. Paul said, you know, to depart and be with Christ is what? Far better. It's a lot better. When our brother Howard passed away not too long ago, I, he kept quoting that verse, and he would emphasize that word far. He says, not just better, it's far better. He was ready to go on to that, to that reward, to that inheritance. It's far better than what we have in this world. Well, one more thing I want to emphasize, and that's the last part of verse 6. He says, yes. I have a good inheritance. I, I like the old version, a, a goodly heritage. I think that's a, that's a unique expression. The word good or goodly there in the, in the original language would mean to glisten, something that is bright and glistening, something that is sparkling, we might say. You have a sparkling inheritance. You have a, a good glistening inheritance. It's coming your way. David had a goodly heritage looking back and also looking forward. Looking back, imagine Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is in my history. Not only that, Ruth and Boaz uh, in my history. I have a goodly heritage. I have a good inheritance because I have the Davidic covenant that's coming to me. David could quote this and say, yes, that is true of me. And, of course, the Lord himself. Uh, even uh, the Bible says when he was looking at death on the cross, it says we're to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. What was the joy set before the Lord when he came to crucifixion? I'll be with the Father. I'll be in heaven. All you can do is take my life off of this earth. That's all you can do to me. The joy set before him uh, was enough for him. He had a goodly inheritance or a good inheritance. And what about us? Do you remember the word heir and joint heir? So Romans 8, 17 says, If you are children, then you are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And what have we learned about the Lord Jesus Christ? He will reign on this earth, and all of the earth will be given to him. Uh, all of the nations will come and worship before him, and you are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we have a good uh, inheritance, folks. We have a goodly heritage, and it's coming to us, that we may be glorified together. Remember that Peter uh, called us God's heritage. We are God's inheritance. Uh, he is ours and we are his. And we will be glorified in him and he will be glorified in us. I think it was Matthew Henry. Yes, Matthew Henry who said, Gracious persons, though they still may covet more of God, never covet more than God. God is our inheritance. He is everything to us. He is all that we need. So I've said today I'm thankful for three things. Number one, I'm thankful that I have a good earthly 
uh, heritage and inheritance. And I hope you're glad for that too. I'm glad that I have uh, fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and so forth who have passed on a faith to me and passed on uh, a life that's worth living. I'm thankful, secondly, that I have that spiritual heritage. Uh, the man who preached the gospel when I got saved is in heaven now. He lived to be 99. Uh, he was my pastor till the day he died uh, and was everybody's pastor. And, and somewhat, I know who led him to the Lord. I know how he got saved way back in the old days. And maybe you know that spiritual heritage, too, that came to you, how you came to the Lord and, and got saved. What a great thing that is. But I'm thankful for the divine heritage. I'm thankful that God is my inheritance. I'm thankful that I have a home in heaven, and no matter what I have or not have on this earth, I have heaven to look forward to. That inheritance that is sparkling, is beautiful, uh, is a double portion of anything that I could have here. I hope that you know that too. I hope that the Lord is your inheritance also. Stand with me if you will. As we stand, we're going to sing a song here in our auditorium. But let me say first, if you don't know the Lord as Savior, if you don't know that uh, you have God as your inheritance through the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to come to him today and receive him as your Savior, and I trust that you will. Pray with me as we pray together. Father, now uh, thank you for these wonderful, beautiful verses that we have uh, in this 16th Psalm. I thank you, Father, that our Lord himself could live this and say this and pray this, that David, the, the psalmist, could apply it to his life and the great heritage that he had and the inheritance that was coming to him. And I thank you, Father, also that we can say the same, that we can rejoice in the heritage that's been given to us and we can, we can bless your name for the inheritance that will come to us uh, in eternity in that wonderful city. Thank you for these things, Father. Thank you that we can know these things through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would encourage our hearts with it and uh, give us confidence that you maintain our lot, not ourselves and not anyone else. And Father, then I would pray for those who don't know you as Savior. Uh, wherever they are in this world today, so many times the gospel is being preached, has been preached today, will be preached today. Father, I pray there would be a great harvest of souls that would come to you and know that, that goodly inheritance that we have. So, Father, bless in the time that we sing. Speak to our hearts in the way that we need. Be glorified by it all. We'll thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Uh, our invitation is open as we sing, and after we sing also, you do what the Lord is leading you to do today. Turn to him 383, please. <clears throat> 383. Close to thee. Close to thee. All three verses.